Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's continued teaching about pure worship, this time in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 28. I've heard of some pastors who said they were doing on-field counseling at a crusade, and the Lord gave them insight into what was happening in people's lives without them knowing it beforehand. Like they saw something or they got a word from the Lord. There's words of wisdom, words of knowledge in 1 Corinthians 12. So, you know, I'm I'm always cautiously open, but we're going to see in a moment that we examine everything carefully. The prophets are subject to the prophets, 1 Corinthians 14 says. So we weigh everything carefully. We weigh it against Scripture. We weigh it against biblical counsel and so forth. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 3 says, Pursue love, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification or strengthening, for exhortation and consolation. So, If the gift of prophecy is being employed, and I would argue primarily it's going to be us giving encouragement from Bible verses we already have primarily, it will be for edification, building up, exhortation, which is to challenge and exhort and consolation to comfort brokenhearted people. You want to write down these verses, write down 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 3, and 1 Corinthians 29 through, I'm sorry, chapter 14, 29 through 33, It ends this way, God is not the God of confusion, but of peace in all the churches of the saints. There shouldn't be any confusion. If someone brings something and it's actually from the Lord, it won't confuse you. It's just going to probably verify something that you've already been wrestling with and you need a word from the Lord. Here's an example. Some years ago, I was struggling uh, one evening and I just said, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And a man emailed me a verse about that God is the God of encouragement. Uh, out of the blue, he rarely ever emailed me. And he, felt, he said, I feel like the Lord wants you to have this verse. And I got an email pretty much right after I said, in Jesus' name, I need to hear from you. Amen. An email came with a Bible verse. And it was actually Romans 15.4 that God gives us encouragement and perseverance And we learn from what was written in earlier times. Do I believe God can do that? Yes. Do I believe he primarily uses Bible verses to do that? Yes. But I'm still always cautiously open to how he might speak to me in different ways or even speak to my heart. So we don't despise those things. Don't despise prophetic utterances. 21. Now here's the way to weigh it all. But we examine, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, we test everything carefully and we hold fast to that which is good. After Paul left Thessalonica, he said, uh, Luke says he went to Berea and the Bereans were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica because they tested what Paul said to see if what he was saying was true. These are the Bereans more noble-minded than the Thessalonians, which is the first New Testament letter that Paul wrote around A.D. 49. What do we learn from that? 
that people were even willing to test Paul. And if a preacher is behind a pulpit or on a television screen or on the radio, it doesn't mean that everything they say is biblically accurate or true. You need to weigh it. Amen? You need to test it. I, I've had times when I'm in my living room and I'll turn on uh, uh, the television and I'll see a preacher up there and he's butchering a text. And I begin to speak to my television. That is not the context of that verse. That is nonsense. It's like when I speak to the coaches of my favorite teams. I believe that they should hear me and make in-game adjustments according to the counsel of my will. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Right? Well, I do that sometimes with preaching. This is nonsense. One time I remember this guy was butchering this text and it was like a word faith thing and I was yelling at the TV, just read two verses down and it will explain this and it will debunk what he's saying. Just go two verses down. Do it! And people in the audience, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, what are you yan amen and about? It's false, right? He's like, I don't, maybe Pastor Michael, if that's you. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the exhortation. You have the two negatives, right? You have do not, do not, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophetic utterances. We'll have a third in a moment, but here's, here's what we do. We examine everything. And by the way, even though it's in the setting of prophecy and not quenching the spirit, here I believe this is, this is kind of a universal, a general exhortation. Examine everything. Please know what's going on. Don't hide your head in the sand. Do your homework on your Bible. Do your homework on what's going on politically. Examine things carefully. And then do what? Hold fast to what's good and right and true. you got to weigh that. Your job, according to this verse, is to weigh things, especially as it relates to the Word of God. You're to do it carefully, and then you're to hold fast to what's good. What's good? See the word examine there? It's the Greek word dakimatso. It was used to, for the testing of the quality of metals. So this is what we do. We test everything, and we hold fast to what is good. And then this third negative exhortation, we abstain or avoid NIV every form of evil. When you're holding fast to what's good, that means you're avoiding what's evil. The word abstain there is a strong word that means hold oneself away from it. In 1 Thessalonians 4.3, we were told to abstain from sexual immorality. It's what we do. As a Christian, you weigh what's good and what's evil. And even though the world is confusing what's good and, and what's evil and calling evil good and good evil, your job is to discern what's good. And how could you do that unless you know what God says? Amen? You've got to know the Word of God to discern the will of God. And that's why the church of God needs the Word of God. Not a 20-minute sermonette. Not you know, let's just tickle the ears and tell them what they want to hear. You're a champion. You're great. You're fantastic. Go take on the day. And you're like, no, I need a word from the Lord. I looked at my heart this week and fantastic was the last word I used. Help, Lord. 
help. And that's when the word of God comes like a fire into the innermost being and begins to do its transforming work. I need God's word. I don't need to look in the mirror more. I need God's word. I need to avoid what's evil. Abstain from it, avoid it. See the word form there, every form of evil? A little debate among scholars. It's the Greek word eidos, E-I-D-O-S. The word can mean what is outwardly appearing evil, or it can mean every kind of evil, even like the species, like uh, different species in classical Greek, according to Eusebius. Could be an outward appearance of evil, but more specifically, every kind of evil. A little debate here because in the Christian church, we've realized that even if we're not doing something evil, we should avoid appearances of evil. And there are some people who argue that that is the meaning of this text. And I would say that's a possible meaning. I'll give you a quick story. I went out to lunch with a brother and sister that um, are great people from a great family. And uh, we're at a restaurant. We're seated outside. This is some time ago. Uh, the young lady was college age, and her brother was a little bit younger, and we were just fellowshipping, and I was encouraging them and so forth. And he got up to go to the restroom, and I was seated there with just the young lady. And I was like, you know, if someone from the church uh, cruises by right now, hey, Pastor Michael, how you doing? Good, man. <laughs> I'm great. Uh, well, who's this? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> you know, now should I be in that spot? You know, maybe, maybe, is that over the top? I don't know. I'll let you decide. But I went and refilled my drink until he got back. <laughs> okay. Just, just looking to keep everything good, right? I'm going to get a refill. I'll be right back. It's time I return to the table. Everything's good. Now, is that how we are required to live. I'll let you wrestle with it. But I'll tell you this, that is a nuance of the word which certainly is justified. There's others that argue that the word uh, is just every time evil appears or every sort or kind of evil. Uh, I will tell you it's probably both. I think it means every time there's a visible various form or kind of evil, that comes your way, you need to avoid it, or even things that appear to be evil. Now, if we have a bunch of legalists around who are always trying to condemn everybody and be the legal police, you know, then, then I think you gotta consider that because you don't wanna live in bondage to legalists either. Everybody know what I'm saying? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael this Wednesday, November 11th for our next free 633 event called Breaking the Chains That Bind Us, Seeking Truth About Sexuality. You or your family and friends might have questions about sexuality. What does the Bible say about it? How does what the culture say about sexuality differ from Scripture? Why do people struggle with their sexuality? Sexuality seems to be a difficult topic for some Christians, but it really shouldn't be. Pastor Michael will speak with clinical psychologist and author Dr. Diane Bowl. Come to our free event where you will be able to ask questions anonymously through our Living Truth app. Remember, this free event is this Wednesday, November 11th at 6.30 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. If you live outside the area, the event will be streamed live on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Call 844-48-TRUTH for more information or go to walkintruth.com. 
That's 844-48-TRUTH or go to walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Now, if we have a bunch of legalists around who are always trying to condemn everybody and be the legal police, you know, then, then I think you got to consider that because you don't want to live in bondage to legalists either. Everybody know what I'm saying? So you got to find, find that biblical uh, balance here. Now, we end with a beautiful benediction. Now, 23, may the God of peace himself, and remember I told you this text has been all about worship and sanctification. May he himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming. That's our word parousia, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, Ephesians 5, 26, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word that he might present him Present to himself the church in all her glory, Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, your sanctification is forward-looking. You should be thinking about the return of Christ and being spotless and blameless and joyful in his presence. You should not be thinking about shrinking back in shame when he comes, but rather saying, yes, Maranatha, I've been doing your business since you've been gone. Praise the Lord. Let's get on the train and go to the millennial reign. Everybody with me? That's what Paul wants. Now, some people see spirit, soul, and body, and they take what's called a trichotomous view of humanity. Uh, some are dichotomous. They believe spirit and soul are synonymous. I don't have time to get into it, but I'll just say this. Here's probably what's more important. See the order that God wants to work in your life. Spirit, soul, and then body. Amen? He wants you to be holy in all aspects, but God works from the inside out, not the outside in. And then some final uh, farewells. Faithful is he who calls you. Another reminder that what God started in you, he will finish. He will also bring it to pass. Paul asked for prayer. Brethren, pray for us. And then he says, greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. <laughs> now you heard a woo in the front row because this is a man who practices the holy kiss. Right here, his name is Paul. And uh, just be careful. I would just say, try to avoid him if you can. No. <laughs> Right now, we're all being careful with the COVID. Isn't it weird? Hey, what are, what are you doing? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? this? Are you, what are you doing? Are you doing the air hug? Are you doing a... It's like, some people are just like, come here, man. All right. <laughs> You've been screened. You've been tested. Little temperature thing in your pocket. <laughs> but let me tell you the bigger thing here. The church... The early church loved each other. They loved each other. And they can trace the uh, European kiss on both cheeks all the way back to Jesus, really. All the way back to the New Testament. That's why it's important that we're together, amen? Because a screen, a sermon on a video screen can be helpful, but there's nothing like being with the body and loving each other. 
I'll let you decide whether the holy kiss should be implemented now or after the election. Uh, what? <laughs> yep, I said it. Anyway, <laughs> I adjure you by the Lord to have this letter read to all the brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. I always love when we finish a book because it just feels good, doesn't it? Just to go through a book of the Bible and see how the Holy Spirit put it together. Now, we are going to have a moment here where we're going to take the Lord's Supper. And I would ask you to kind of maybe just stay in the Spirit right now, kind of reorient your gaze to the grace of God as we, uh, let's take our elements here and open them up. I love the fact that the many of the letters of the New Testament, they open and end with grace. And grace is best seen at the cross of Jesus Christ. And these are familiar verses to us, but I tell you, taking communion together has become so much more precious uh, as we've been not able to do it for quite some time. And uh, we, I think the first time we, we had done it in about six months was actually last month. And the Bible simply says this, Paul writing says on what I received from the Lord that I delivered to you. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we are very grateful that you came and died for us. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you so loved the world that you gave him for us. Thank you for sending Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to us. To be with us, to comfort and help us, to empower us to sanctify us, to help us with the fruits of the Spirit. We're not alone. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be with us and lead us all the way home. Thank you for the, Father, for you, for your Son, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the triune God. Sometimes it's even difficult to articulate words that could even come close to who you are. But what's so amazing is that you loved us. The God who spoke the world into existence, the God who came down in, on that Bethlehem night, the God who went to the cross, the God-man who suffered and died in our place, the one who said in the upper room, I'm not going to leave you all alone. It's to your advantage that I go away. I will send you a helper. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. Lord, we need to hear that in our day where there's so much uncertainty and trials that we all face. We're going to make it. You have not left us as orphans. You're going to bring us safely home. 
And if you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this would be a great time to make sure you know him. Cry out to him. Say, Lord, forgive me. I repent of my sin. I trust you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for coming on the rescue mission to save me. I want to follow you as my shepherd and my king. I want to do what you say because I know you have the best in mind for my life. Forgive me for the times that I've despised your word and pushed it away. Quench the spirit in my life. Save me. Maybe you're a prodigal and you've been despising God's word for a while. Maybe you've been, even been mocking it. Maybe you grew up in the church and you've been mocking it with your friends. You know, God loves you despite that. And he'll welcome you right back home. And then, Father, for this dear, wonderful old church body, bless them, Lord. Keep us strong in the faith and continuing to walk with you each and every day. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to Pure Worship 2, the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 28. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or the entire Pure Worship series, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. A reminder that the church behind Walk in Truth is Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And we have another free 633 event coming this Wednesday, November 11th at 7 p.m. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, it is a wonderful recipe for pure worship, the seven things in 1 Thessalonians, and the positives, talking about rejoicing always, praying always, giving thanks always. You know, that's a challenge, but that is a mindset. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can achieve that. Not quenching the Holy Spirit. Here's some negatives. Not despising prophetic utterances, especially when the Word of God speaks directly into our lives. Abstaining from evil and then testing everything. There's a neat little package of seven things there about pure worship. And, you know, it's not exhaustive, but it is wonderful to think that, hey, I've got some positives I can do. I've got some things that I need to steer away from. And it's all wrapped in the bow of testing everything and holding fast to that which is good. Pure worship is not just about a Sunday morning, a Wednesday night. It's not just about music or listening to a sermon. It is about a life of worship. That's what worship is all about. It's about our life and our heart. It's about who we are, what we do, what we don't do, and why. When we come to the end of the day, it's because I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ and I did certain things today because I belong to him and I didn't do certain things today because I want to glorify him and I belong to him. Hey, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. And I want to tell you about a Wednesday night service coming up on November the 11th. It is called 633. This time on a Wednesday night, we're going to start a little bit early, earlier than our normal Wednesday night service, which normally starts at 7 p.m. But we're doing a special 633 service with Dr. Diane Bull, and she is a person who is a clinical psychologist. She is a member of our fellowship, and she has on her heart to talk about breaking the chains that bind us, seeking truth about sexuality. You know, Jesus said the truth would set us free, not bind us. And we want to break the chains that bind us. And one of the chains that we have in our culture is confusion on these issues that come up in our culture about gender, about sexuality, about homosexuality, about, you know, should there be premarital sex? Um, 
there's a lot of things, transgenderism, there's a lot of questions that are coming up in the culture, and we're going to do our best to tackle those. And uh, that's going to happen Wednesday night, November the 11th, Breaking the Chains that Bind Us, Seeking Truth About Sexuality. Now, you may have a question of your own. You may want to join us that night at Living Truth in Corona. We're located at 1009 Arsenal Way, the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. Now, we're going to start at 633 on November the 11th. So come on out if you'd like to join us. You can also join us via live stream if you're out of the area. And uh, you can ask a question by downloading the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. You can ask a question anonymously. Just look for the click on the cross icon, I believe it is, and you're going to get to the 633 way to submit a question. And it may be that as you tune in or join us live that somebody's already asked your question. And we will also be taking questions that night and get to as many as we can. 633 at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor in the city of Corona. For information, directions, and all that you would need to know, go to walkintruth.com or download that app today at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. God bless you. We'll catch you tomorrow right here. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please give your $5 donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 called Rest and Retribution. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.